1: Connor, 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 let me tell you this. There is buzz around the NFL surrounding free agent J.J. Watt, and there are people claiming that the marriage between Watt and the New England Patriots would be the perfect fit. You know what else I know? Patriot fans are sick of hearing about Cam Newton, and some are even having nightmares that he's going to return to New England that doesn't mean that people aren't coming to his defense and on tonight's edition of this show we're going to talk about how one of newton's former carolina panther teammates is saying that cam newton can turn things around in the 2021 season we're going to take some comments from the live audience connor's going to give his best impression as an nfl draft expert and we're going to talk some red Sox. what's going on everybody it's your boy ray i'm with my boy connor happy valentine's day and welcome to the dear pats nation podcast And, and we are back. Were you going to say it? No, I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm sorry. And just before we get going, I want to remind everybody to check out our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DPN sports. Right after this live taping of the podcast, Connor and I are going to go on there separately and do our Patreon assignments of the day. Yes, Connor's going to talk about Kiki Hernandez saying that he loves that people are underestimating the Red Sox. And I'm going to talk about this crazy conspiracy theory. Did Bill Belichick sabotage Brady's final season in New England? Get that exclusively on patreon.com. I want to welcome Malcolm and Augustine, newest members, to the Deer Pats Nation Loyalty Club, five bucks a month, get daily content from both Connor and I, Connor. How are you, buddy? Good man. how you doing? I'm doing well i'm excited to spend valentine's day with you
0: i know i forgot it was valentine's day for a second there until you said that happy valentine's day everyone did you give me roses connor um yeah they're coming in the
1: mail oh I they should they should that. be there we now spend every major holiday together so yes pretty much yeah we might as well spend valentine's day together all right should we get into the headlines yes sir all right so turingo basil vaughn say that three times okay. fast. Says that J.J. Watt is the formula for Bill Belichick. Here's a bit of what he said. He said, J.J. Watt is exactly what the New England Patriots need. Could Bill Belichick turn back the clock and retool the Patriots like he did back in 2000 when he brought in veterans like Roman Pfeiffer and Brian Cox to help put an identity on his defense? Could Watt be that player in 2021? That is actually the best strategy for Belichick going forward, and Watt's release seems seems to be too perfect when it comes to timing. Not not, Not only would Watt give Belichick a veteran pass rusher who also plays well against the run, he would add a nice core of veteran leaderships on that defensive side of the ball along with Devin McCourty, Dante Hightower, Stephon Gilmore, Patrick Chung, and the potential of signing Lawrence Guy. Add those veterans and a young core of players to include JC Jackson, chase Winovich, Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, and whoever the team selects in the 2021 NFL draft. And suddenly Belichick could have a solid core of players to work with in 2021. Connor, let me ask you this on the field, in the locker room, all the things above what impact would JJ Watt have on the new England Patriots defense?
0: All of the above. J.J. Watt would be able to do everything that we're looking for, somebody to do on the defense. We said last year that one of the biggest issues they had was that they could not stop the run. The thing about J.J. Watt is he can do it all, man. He can stop the run. He can rush the quarterback. I can't think of anyone who would probably be better as a leader And who would be a better guy in the locker room than J.J. Watt? So everything. He can stop the run. He can rush the quarterback. He's a fantastic leader. I think he epitomizes what the Patriots' way has been for the past 20 years. I think he would fit right in and he would fill an immediate gap that they desperately need after last season.
1: So basically what I'm hearing you say is JJ Watt marks off all the boxes. He's going to bring leadership already into a stacked leadership room. He's going to finally be that answer to the run game. He's finally going to be the answer to the pass rush. I'm sure you would confirm that JJ Watt can't do it alone and other things need to happen, but he's going to mark off a lot of boxes that the new England Patriots need this year. Correct
0: yes that would be just a massive signing right out the gate if they were able to sign him as soon as free agency starts because that's one of the biggest holes that we've been talking about is they really need somebody on the defensive line and who better than jj watt
1: so i'm hearing you talk about jj watt and being a big signing and i'm sure like everybody you have a little bit of concern jj watt wants to play for a contender that's the reports that are coming out now you can't blame the guy for wanting to play for a contender how could Bill Belichick convince him to sign with new England? Because I feel like if he would have become a free agent a month and a half from now, after free agency has started and sort of, you could see Belichick's plan, Belichick could maybe make a sale or we'd know where Belichick is. If the Patriots were really interested in signing him, how could Belichick convince him to sign with new England?
0: Right. That's one of the things is I don't think J.J. Watt's really going to go for the biggest price tag. You know, I think some teams, if they're not going to compete, they could offer him all the money in the world and he's just going to say no. I mean, I think what Belichick really needs to put forward is, hey, if we're going if, to if he's interested in signing him, I think that's like a clear cut sign that he's going for the retool. And I think he'd have to sell it to him like, "Hey, JJ, we're gonna, you're gonna be the first signing, but that's just gonna be one of many. We're gonna revitalize the offense. We're gonna retool the defense. We're gonna go heavy, you know, on impact players in the draft." I think he'd have to say, "Hey, we're not gonna draft, you know, Mac Jones in the first round. Instead, we're gonna go towards like a Kyle Pitts or." somebody that's going to make an immediate impact and we're going to do everything we can to compete in the next couple years because if they're going to kind of rebuild it wouldn't make sense for them to sign jj Watt, and it wouldn't make sense for jj watt to want to come here
1: now which makes more sense to you and why does it make more sense that jj watt joined the new england patriots and Play with a defensive mind like Bill Belichick and try to become that solidifying force on the field along with Hightower and McCordy, because those would be the three leaders. Also, yep. and, right. So would it make sense for him to come here or would taking a pay cut and going to a team like Pittsburgh, playing with his brother and solidifying that defense as the best defense in football? Both teams offensively have some similar struggles where right. the page where the. The passing game is a little bit better in Pittsburgh, but the quarterback situation is almost identical with Big Ben seeming to have fallen off that cliff. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers don't have much of a run game. The Patriots are obviously in a position to be dominant at the run game. Which, Which situation seems more ideal for J.J. Watt at this time and why?
0: That one's tough because I think they might get the edge to the fact that he wants to play with his brother. And I think if you have J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt on the same team, that's just going to be a ridiculous pass rush for any offense that's out there. Um, I think the sell might be just the fact that Belichick, you know, is the best coach of all time and that they're going to try and rebuild the team. And that the just the Patriots way, I'm hoping that he would be able to sell them on because if not i think he might be more inclined to go to the steelers just because of the fact that he can play with his brother all things being equal i know pittsburgh doesn't have all that much to sell on offense as the patriots do right now but i'm hoping it's just the fact that he respects belichick that much that he might want to come play for the patriots
1: so let's talk about a little bit of that respect one thing that bill belichick is going to have to do is convince jj watt of something and i want to know how you would approach this how do you convince jj watt that the patriots way is not the bill o'brien way
0: that's a good question i didn't even think of that until you just said that i forgot that bill o'brien left and i don't think jj watt likes bill o'brien at all um so i I think belichick would just have to say hey look for the past 20 years this is what we've done this is how we've done it you know bill o'brien was here for a relatively short period of time he was very successful with us you know we we wish o'brien all the best of luck in whatever he does going forward but he's just one small part of what we've done and you know whatever he did with you guys is completely separate because i don't i don't think jj watt likes bill o'brien
1: yeah they apparently got into big screaming matches right before o'brien was was fired and if i'm hearing what you're saying correctly and sort of reading between the lines is bill belichick would have to approach jj watt in a way of saying hey look at my coaching tree it hasn't worked anywhere look at Matt, Patricia, it didn't work. They tried to be little means. It didn't work. Could Bill Belichick point to somebody like. Romeo and say, look, you, you know, Romeo was a good coach, a good bench yep. coach took over the head coach. That's a guy that could possibly go there. Connor, let me ask you this on a scale from one to 10, one being absolutely no chance, 10 being a hundred percent chance. What odds do you give JJ Watts signing with the new England Patriots? I'm going
0: to say a six. I think there's a decent chance because I do think that he likes Bill Belichick and I think that he would want to go to the Patriots. I think he would still consider the Patriots a contender. So I think they're one of the teams on his list. I think there's probably only a handful of teams that he's really considering, but I truly think that the Patriots might be one of them.
1: So you're giving it about 60%. So let me ask you this. Why do you think it's around 60% and say not 50 or 40%? Why do you have it ranked so high?
0: I think that Bill Belichick has always really liked J.J. Watt, but I think that the respect and like the admiration there is kind of mutual because I think J.J. Watt really likes Bill Belichick as well, and he's always kind of admired the Patriots' way, and they've always, you know, beat the Texans in the past. So I think he's kind of always looked at the Patriots and thought like, damn, this team's always so good. They always beat us. Like, what is it that they have that we don't have? Like, what is it that they do there? And he's such a hard worker. I think he would embrace, like, the Bill Belichick-like mentality of just football, football, football. I I think he would be just a perfect fit.
1: So Bill Belichick is probably not going to be able to do anything prior to approaching J.J. Watt to show what the team is going to do. Right. Uh, we've heard the rumors that he wants to start next week. We don't know if he's going to take a long weekend or not. But J.J. wants to start talking to wants to take the weekend and start talking to prospective teams next week. So we're talking maybe Monday, definitely Tuesday, possibly going into Wednesday. What could Bill Belichick do between you know Tuesday and Wednesday? Because I I'm just going to assume that. J.J. Watt is going to be off the market quickly. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's going to be a long, drawn-out thing. What could Belichick do in the next two or three days to try to maybe push your number from a six to a seven?
0: Right. Un- unfor- that's the thing is that I think it's going to happen so fast. Unfortunately, I don't know what Bill Belichick's going to be able to do. I mean, if he had more time, he could kind of build up the team a little bit more and be like, hey, we've gone out and done X, Y, Z to prove to you that we're obviously going to compete. I think he's really just going to have to sell his resume over the past 20 years of how successful they've been and just kind of bolster himself up that way and say, hey, look, I know you really want to p- play for a contender. We have cap space so we can give you a fair contract and you, you know what well, come come play for us because there's a window where maybe belichick will even tell him there's a window here where i only have three or four years left you only have probably about three or four more years left come here let's try and win one together over the next couple of years and let's both walk away with a ring i think that's his best bet at trying to sell him
1: now, there was an interesting part that I was reading there when it said, not only would it give Belichick a veteran pass rusher, it would also be a nice uh, add to a nice core of, le- of veteran leadership. And he talked mm-hmm. about Devin McCordy, Dante Hightower, Patrick T- Chung, the possibility of Lawrence Guy, but he also mentioned Stephon Gilmore. Now, up until now, we have lived under the assumption that Stephon Gilmore would not be a new england patriot in 2021 right if he's on that list and obviously you know when we're looking at this um Basil Va- vaughn is not an insider he's a he's not a you know he's not in the patriots offices figuring this out but why would it be good for the patriots or why should new england keep gilmore if they sign jj watt
0: i mean if they're going to sign jj watt it would make more sense to keep Stephon gilmore because then it might make sense to absorb a bigger contract because if they're getting JJ Watt, they're trying to win here and now. So then they would want to keep all the veterans who are kind of you know aging and likely to retire, from so Devin McCourty, uh, obviously Gilmore. High Tower, who pretty much said if he came back, I think it would only be for one more year. Patrick Chung probably doesn't have much time in the league left. So if they have all these veterans and they can get one more really good year here, combined with the very young, you know good core that they have in, you know, Josh Uche, um JC Jackson, if he comes back, they, they could be one of the best defenses in the league if J.J. Watt just adds that like missing piece here for the next year or two. And that would be a good sell for him as well. Say, hey, we have all these veterans. We have a couple years left. Let's all just try and win it together before we all have to retire
1: now based on the reaction to when i talked about this on friday night after jj watt was released you sent me a text message asking me which limb i'm going to be giving up because <laughs> i have said in the past i would give up limbs for jj J. watt you did there's a, there's a lot of negativity being thrown towards the patriots which by this point we just expect and, and i knew it was going to come i knew when i wanted to make the suggestion that the Patriots should look into J.J. Watt I knew I was going to get the Belichick No one wants to play for Belichick Brady's not there anymore I even acknowledged that on Friday night But there's a the negative side the other way as well Especially when you're making an investment into a player like J.J. Watt Over the last couple of years his numbers have declined a little bit Now that being said he's still playing at elite levels So I don't think it should be that bad But he's also throughout his almost his entire career Has dealt with a lot of injury issues I, in my opinion, the Patriots can't sell out only on JJ Watt. He has to be a piece to that defense, but with the Patriots being in a retool, being a little bit shaky, probably not being in a position to really have a lot of depth, is it worth the Patriots taking a risk and it is a risk signing JJ Watt with the possibility that they could lose him to injury down the stretch, because you'd have to assume that he would be a big part of the Patriots defensive plan.
0: Yeah, if they're signing JJ Watt, they have to essentially just roll the dice. That's exactly what they're doing is rolling the dice and saying, Hey, we're gonna try and win a Super Bowl in these next three years. Because if they say sign JJ Watt and tie up some money with him, then just, you know, throw the uh throw the rebuild out the window. This is a retool, not a rebuild, which is a risk a risk in itself. That's basically saying, hey, we're going to sell out to try and win over these next two or three years while we still have Belichick, while we still have McCourty, Hightower, Chung, all these guys. Because after that, I think they're going to be in tough shape, you know, come 2013, 2014, if they spend all this money now on, you know, really good, solid veterans like Watt. So it, it, it would basically have to be that. It would be a roll of the dice. It would be a huge risk. If it pays off, they'd probably get another Super Bowl, or if not, they'd get at least a deep playoff run, I think. And if it doesn't pay off, then they're going to tie up a ton of money, probably have a few bad contracts on the books, and it's going to be a tough you know, 2024 to 2028 or whatever that they'd have to to take that many years to fix all the mistakes.
1: So at this point... Are you okay with the Patriots going forward the next three or four years and being bad for four or five years after that when they have to go into a rebuild? Are you okay with that? Or would you rather them go with a short rebuild now and maybe by 2023 be competing in 24, 25, 26, 27,
0: 28? Right. This is just me kind of being – like a Bill Belichick fanboy and wanting to see Belichick have the opportunity to win another Super Bowl because I know for him to have the best chance to win another Super Bowl, they need to do something like go out and sign guys like J.J. Watt because if they do you know the opposite, they don't really sign any veterans. They draft someone like Mac Jones who, again, could be great for years to come but it's going to take a little while to develop, then we we might have to go through you know, a couple of mediocre seasons the next two, three years in hopes of getting really good seasons to come for the next seven to 10 years. It, it, it's just tough. It's just me not wanting to see Belichick go out, having a couple of mediocre years before he retires. I want to see him go out on top.
1: Well, we are definitely interested to hear what the people have to say and Connor's going to start going through the comments and finding some yes, comments sir. to represent the show. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a pause for the cause and I need you to hear about our sponsors over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company and Manscaped.com. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard and skin. Get their small batch, all natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades and so much more. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders, get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from Manscaped.com. And use the promo code RAYROUTE and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at Manscaped.com. Before we get into the, uh, the, the comments, I just want to share a tweet that was just sent to me. All right. The Eagles have talked to the Seattle Seahawks and the Indianapolis Colts about a potential trade for tight end Zach Ertz. Wow. Now he was a guy that I had listed as a possible. Bill Be- or a possible bill Belichick trade, uh, guys going for uh tight end for the Patriots. What do you think about them talking to the Colts and talking to the Seahawks? The Colts surprised me because they have tons of tight ends in their arsenal, but the Seahawks yeah. are a team really that needs to address defense, but they're addressing more offense. What do you think?
0: That was my initial thought is why the Colts, the Colts already have, uh, Jack Doyle, um, Who's the other guy they have that's even ahead of Jack Doyle? I can't think of his name. Um, I can't remember. I, I, don't, I, I can't remember, but I know, I know that they do not. Oh, they have Trey Burton. That's his name, Trey Burton. They have Jack Doyle, and they even have a third guy. So for them to try and tie up a ton of money on Zach Ertz, I don't think that makes much sense. Um, And what you said is the same thing I'm thinking on the Seahawks. Their defense was so bad last year. Why tie up all this money with Zach Ertz? That doesn't make much sense either. I don't know. I think those are two funny teams to be interested in them.
1: Yeah, it really is. All right, Connor, do we have any comments coming in?
0: we do i'll go to this one first with aj ferguson saying if i am bill i am offering three mil that's it i don't think three million dollars is even going to come close to getting jj watt even though i think he'll play for less money than he's worth
1: how much money do you think jj watt is worth right now not what he's worth what do you how much do you think he would settle on on playing for per year i think it all depends on the team too
0: yeah 10 to 12 million i feel like which would be low
1: I read something interesting on Friday. I think it was on Pat's pulpit. Actually, I might have the – I think I still have the bookmarked. I might try to find it. But they made something really interesting. They said there's going to be multiple different types of teams that go after J.J. Watt. Uh, There's going to be teams that offer them a bunch of money, and there's going to be teams that offer him nothing. But it's who has – but who gives him – the best chance to win. Right. Well, the teams that give him the best chance to win are the teams that won't be able to offer him much money. Like Pittsburgh's not going to be able to... I, he might have to sign a $3 million contract to play in Pittsburgh.
0: Right. They That's, have no money to spend, I don't think.
1: No, they don't. Um, and then anybody who's offering them big, big money, it's you know, they're probably going to be guy. They're probably going to be teams that are in similar position, Or they're bad teams. They're, they're teams where J.J. Watt's not going to make a difference. Right. The Patriots could be that middle team that they you know they're not quite super bowl contenders you know they they won't be on that list but they had the potential to be contenders and they have money to pay them more than some of the top teams in the league and you know and and they're kind of they kind of sit in the middle in between both and it might be able might be a little bit attractive to JJ Watt
0: yeah that might be the the patriots could be the happy medium all right, we'll go to this one here from Yeah, All Right. He says, I'm not thinking Watt wants to stay in the dangerous young AFC. He's going to Tampa or Green Bay. I don't know if he's going to think of it like that. Obviously, there's a lot of really good young quarterbacks in the AFC, but there's a lot of good teams in the NFC, too. I mean, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, C- Seattle's going to be really good. Um, I think New Orleans will still be decent. I, I don't I don't think it will. It'll matter all that much regardless of AFC, FC.
1: I'm not discounting J.J. Watt going to an NFC team. (laughs) I mean, he could very well do that. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to have the money to pay J.J. Watt. Right. Green Bay may have the money to pay him. Uh, I think it's going to come down to what he thinks is the best position to win. And yes, the AFC is young. Yes, the AFC is really, really good. But he could go play for a really, really good team in the AFC. So I wouldn't discount him from going anywhere.
0: We got one here from uh, Noza Azazua. He says, brothers, y'all forgetting he has two that play for Pittsburgh. I completely forgot his other yeah. brother is, um what, the fullback?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, uh, they could have all three Watts playing in Pittsburgh. TJ is the, the star in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's the one that JJ calls out on Twitter all the time. <laughs> you know, you never seen calling out his other brother. Right. Uh, I just, for me, I think. Look, to me, Pittsburgh makes the most sense. I'll, I'll reach, I wrote my buddy, Sean, you guys will all hear me talk about Sean. He's a Steelers fan. I wrote him and said, USOB, JJ Watt's going to go play for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wrote that the day that I that you texted me that which, you know, you're going to lose a limb. It, right. As much as I want to see him come, I think that the Steelers make so much sense for him. But it all depends on money. JJ might be like, yeah, look, I want to play with my brothers and win, but not for $2 million a year. Right. We got Joe. Shout out Kinkato. he says have Big Vince talk to him. Maybe Vince
0: Wilfork can say something to him. They were former teammates. Obviously, he can tell him about the Patriots way and uh, put in a good word. Right?
1: I always wonder about some. Of, like I always think that Belichick should do that more often, though. Like turn to those guys like Willie McGinnis, Vince Wilfork, Teddy Bruschi, Ty Law. You know, um, uh, uh, who's the wide receiver coach? Um, was a wide receiver for years with the Patriots. Played both sides of the ball in the early 2000s. Help me. Um,
0: Troy Brown.
1: Troy Brown. There we go. All these different guys, like try to get some of these guys, Randy Moss. Yeah. You know, Randy Moss is a hall of famer. Have him go out and talk to JJ, you know, try to get some ambassadors, you know, like when, when like they were trying to get uh, guys assigned with the Celtics. They'd have Tom Brady call them what it's like to play in Boston or Big Poppy would call, you know, to be ambassadors for Boston. Like, I think the Patriots need to pull in this inner group of of respected guys around the league and have them sort of be ambassadors for the Patriots. Yeah, that would
0: that would make sense. If he's going to listen to anyone, Big Vince is probably high up on that list. Absolutely. Uh, we got John Caulfield saying yeah, hey, JJ wants to go to a team where he can get a ring, not a team like the Patriots that's in full rebuild mode. But are the Patriots really in full rebuild, rebuild mode yet? I don't think we know what what mode they're in until you know uh, the offseason actually starts.
1: And that all depends on who you talk to on Dear Pat's Nation. If you talk to Connor and Sarah, this team needs nothing more than a retool, and they're going to be back competing for the Super Bowl next year. I've somehow become the pessimistic one, which is just <laughs> which has just not been me for the last you know since 2017, but. I'm the one that not only thinks the Patriots are in a rebuild, I'm the one who's pushing for a rebuild. I am so okay with the Patriots sucking for a couple of years. And I think that they don't have to suck very long, especially if they can get a quarterback in this draft. I think they could suck in 2021, 2022, and by 2023 be competing again. And I think that Bill Belichick could still have five years in him, which means he could still have three really good years left with a lot of money and a lot of cap space and a lot of good draft picks, especially... If he were to, say, liquefy their assets the way they were. If he signs with the Patriots, though, as Connor said, that would be indication that Bill Belichick is being very aggressive and going for it this year. The quarterback still situation, which we will be talking about here in a minute, uh, still concerns me immensely for the Patriots.
0: Yeah. That's that's very true. Um here's here's McChicken coming up with the people we're talking about. Trey Burton and Mo Alley Cox uh on the Zach Ertz trade. Those are the tight ends that are in uh yeah. Indianapolis. Cox is so Cox what, a rookie. He's if he's not a rookie, he's very young.
1: I know that we I hear Lawrence talking about those guys all the time. Yep. All right, man. Let's get and I love Jack Doyle, by the way. If if they were to get Zach Ertz, I hope the Patriots try to make a move with the Colts and get Jack Doyle to the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So this was supposed to be Patriots outsider, but my man, Lawrence Owen stood me up. Oh boy. It's okay though. I stood him up last Wednesday. We just, we stand up, you know, we just stand up each other. We take turns, standing each other up. So Connor, you and I are going to cover the subject I was supposed to cover with Lawrence because I have nothing else planned for the show. Fair enough. So former Carolina Panthers, Trey Turner still believes that cam newton can turn things around next season here's what he said no you know before i tell you what he said connor i'm gonna ask this question to you i know this is difficult but what went wrong in 2020 with cam newton and the patriots
0: i think a lot of things i think one of them was potentially covid just because he looked really good the first couple games of the season especially versus Seattle he looked like 2015 Cam Newton and then after covid he he looked kind of like a train wreck um i don't think Josh McDaniels really did him any favors i think he tried to stuff him into the Tom Brady playbook which was almost a guaranteed disaster for Cam because he's a complete opposite type of quarterback of Brady Um, I don't think he had any talent around him. Obviously tight end was essentially non-existent and they were asking every receiver to play a a step to two steps above their level, trying to make Jacoby Myers, a number one wide receiver when he should have been a two or three and everyone else below him also trying to jump up a leap. Uh, there was just a lot that, that didn't work in his favor. And then there were no OTAs. There was no preseason. There was nothing. They just tossed them out there week one. So there, there were all, there was a lot.
1: Now, let me ask you this because I hear the no OTAs, no preseason a lot in the defense of Cam Newton. Uh, I've used it, you've used it. Mm -hmm. Uh, our other co-host, Sarah, three days a week, she lives by it. There's another quarterback who went to a brand new team with brand new players and a brand new system. No OTAs, no training camp. You may know him, Tom Brady. And he yep. just won the Super Bowl. Now, I know comparing Cam Newton to Tom Brady is unfair. Tom Brady's the greatest ever do it. You can't compare any quarterback in the league to him, to be frank, because there, there's a difference between between being Tom Brady and being another quarterback. But why isn't it an, why isn't it an excuse why can we how can we live by that excuse for Cam Newton when we watched another quarterback win a championship in the exact same scenario as him?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. When you put it like that, it really is just an excuse. And at the end of the day, everything that I've just said for Cam kind of is an excuse as well. Because I remember Brady, I think he said it in uh, that documentary Tom first time at the end of the day, did you win or did you lose? And this past season, the Patriots lost and Cam didn't play that well. So I mean, there are all the excuses in the world. But at the end of the day, did you win or did you lose? And the Patriots went seven and nine.
1: How much accountability should Josh McDaniels take for how bad it looked offensively this year? And what do you think he could have done differently with Cam Newton? Honestly,
0: I think he should take a decent amount of, of accountability for what happened because he runs the offense that's his department that's his job is to make sure that the offense succeeded and they obviously blatantly didn't and I think a lot of it was I mean one I will give him a pass and I'll I'll continue to say that their personnel just wasn't good he didn't have a lot of talent to work with but I don't think he really redesigned the playbook to try and play to Cam Newton's strengths I don't think he took the Tom Brady playbook from 2000 and whenever he even came in to 2020 and threw it out and said let's completely redesign this i think he took the same exact playbook and said let's make a couple different plays let's make a few different changes and you know but see what happens I, I just think it was very lackluster I, I don't think it was his best effort and i i don't think he, he necessarily knew what to do with cam so he just tried to basically do the same thing and hope it worked out and it obviously
1: didn't okay let's take a look at what trey turner had to say he said quote first year on a new team and it's just different man different people around you different city new place and all but I don't think that was the last showing that Cam would have wanted me just knowing him and knowing what he can do and just being able to see him play I know that he has more left in the tank to give end quote Connor when you look at this Is this just a former teammate, friend, trying to stand up for their buddy? Or do you think that there's some validity to what Trey Turner has to say and why?
0: I think it's probably more him just being buddies with Cam and trying to, you know, Boost him up and say, "Hey, you can still do it. You still have something left in the tank." I mean, maybe he does also truly believe it, and he thinks that Cam would take a step forward next season. But I, I don't know. I he he's not the exactly the top of the list of people who I'd go to on this type of opinion because I think no matter what, if he's if he's friends with Cam, he's going to kind of say something like this.
1: All right, man. So I'm going to put you on both sides of the argument. Okay. Okay. So I want you to look at last season. I want you to think about everything we saw, everything we talked about, every excuse we made, every time we got angry, every time we were happy. What did you see in 2020 that says that Cam Newton is going to turn things around in 2021? Let's say if he stays on the New England Patriots yep. and on the flip side, what did you see that says people should expect more of the same from Newton in 2021 than what we saw in 2020? So what tells you he's going to turn it around? What tells you he's not going to turn it around? I mean, what
0: tells me he's going to turn it around for one is, I mean, one of his best games was week 17 versus the Jets when they when they put up, I think it was 28 points. He made some excellent throws. He was able to run the ball. He had an enormous run of like 40 yards or something. They had one of their best offensive games right at the very end of the season. I know it was versus the Jets, but still, you only play your opponent and they look great. Um also, he'd have more time with the playbook. Uh, everyone knows Cam's a great guy in the locker room. I don't. I haven't heard anyone question his character whatsoever at this point since, like, before when he was previously signed back in like June of last season, July of last season. Um, and he he was fantastic in the beginning of the year prior to COVID. So all of these type of things make me think that maybe he would have a better season next season. The things that make me apprehensive are. Just some of those throws, and we've seen a million of them on Twitter where the people are opening throws it at their feet. Um, the game versus the Broncos, I know Nikhil Harry at the end of the game when they were in an important situation, he was opened, he threw the ball nowhere near him. I mean, if if there's more of those throws where people are open and he's just blatantly missing them, that makes me think like, hey, if it's the same thing as last season, it's it's gonna be another seven and nine year. So there there are glimpses of both with him. There are things that make you think he's gonna really step it up and then there, there were things obviously that would make you think that nothing's going to change
1: so after listening to your own argument on both sides which side do you sort of lean towards more and why
0: hmm. i kind of lean more towards more of the same now when i really look back on it um I think he would probably take a little bit of a step forward, but I don't know if it would be a big enough step forward that it would really make that much of a difference. I mean, maybe instead of going seven and nine, they go nine and seven. But to me, would that really be worth it? I, I, I don't know. I think at that point, why not just tear it down, rebuild from the start? Because nine and seven and probably even 10 and six isn't going to do anything for the Patriots. It's, it's a wasted season to go 10 and six in the AFC.
1: Is that not the biggest fear that the Patriots become an eight win to 10 win team year in and year out and sort of middle in the middle of the pack, maybe occasionally hit a wild card, but mostly miss the playoffs. Like if I refer, look at it back to baseball, that's what we had a lot here in Toronto with the Toronto Blue Jays, 86 to 90 wins, sometimes 92 wins. Just enough to float, you know, be five or six games out of a wild card, especially when there was only one wild card team, but never good enough to go to the playoffs. And because of that, the Blue Jays, even with some of their best teams, they went from 1993 till 2015 before seeing the postseason. Yeah. And I know that baseball and football are a different sport, but there was even a year, I think it was back in 2010, 27 2007 2008 that the blue jays came second in the al east and they were still like 9 games out of a wild card position even coming second in the division which had the big bad yankees and the the big bad red Sox. so that's my fear for the patriots is that they keep kind of retooling and they turn into this middling team that occasionally gets into a wild card maybe goes on a little bit of a run but for the most part we're spending january talking about next season rather than talking about the playoffs right right if cam newton were to return this season what does bill belichick have to do as a general manager and what does josh mcdaniels have to do as an offensive coordinator to ensure success in 2021
0: i think if he comes back it might even be more of an indication of a rebuild than a retool but Either way, in order to have any sort of success this season, Belichick as a GM needs to put a wide receiver out there that's a true number one. He can't have him trying to go to Jacoby Myers as the number one wide receiver anymore. It's just not fair to Cam or whoever the next quarterback of the Patriots might be. He also would absolutely need to address the tight end position. I know Ryan is the best, uh, I, I forget what the word he used, the, be- the best talent or whatever is being out there. I I guess that makes sense, but it's not fair to throw Ryan Izzo out there as your number one tight end either. You can't have Jacoby Myers be your number one wide receiver and Ryan Izzo be your number one tight end and then blame the quarterback when things don't go well, even if he does throw the ball in the dirt. I mean, it's just crazy to have them be your top guys out there.
1: So basically you're saying, yeah, Cam Newton needs to eat a lot of responsibility for last year, but at the same time, when a seventh round draft pick and Ryan Izzo is your top tight end, Jacoby Myers is your number one wide receiver. Your first your first round pick from two years ago is turned into a bust. Demir Bird yep. is your deep guy. Yeah, Cam Newton didn't play great, but you can't put the full blame on him.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I mean, the the guy can only do so much. I mean, even if he take him out of the equation and put you know whoever throw Russell Wilson out there bring Tom Brady back it doesn't matter who the quarterback was last season i mean again instead of going to 7 and 9 maybe they go 10 and 6 maybe they go maybe they go 11 and 5 and they sneak into the playoffs they weren't going to win a super bowl last year anyways just because they didn't have the talent to do so
1: all right i've asked you this question before but for the sake of the people who haven't weren't didn't watch that listen to that episode or watch that episode would the New England Patriots have won the Super Bowl or competed for a Super Bowl this year if Tom Brady would have stayed in New England?
0: No. Nope. I think that they probably would have had a better record. I think they would have had a winning record. I, I think maybe they would have gone 10-6. and six. They might have snuck into a wild card maybe. I still don't think they would have gone 13-3 and three and won the AFC East over the Bills. Not
1: sure if that's me or if that's Con- uh so basically Connor was saying that the Patriots would have went 10 and 6
0: am i that possibly
1: with Tom Brady you're back. So you were saying okay. that you think they would have went about you think they would have went about 10 and 6 with Tom Brady as the quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think they would have won a few more games but they probably still wouldn't have won the AFC East and even if they did make the playoffs, I don't think they made a they would have made a deep playoff run, so it wouldn't have made that big of a difference either way.
1: They would have been out in early January regardless. All right, guys, we're going to get your comments here in one second. The live comments on YouTube, not for you on the podcast. You're just listening. Uh, But before we get there, we want you to listen oh gosh, want to take a second so you can hear from our sponsors over at fcustom.com where you can get yourself some customized jerseys. Um, And also we're going to ask you to listen to the worst music in the world for one minute and 33 seconds when you hear all about the exclusive content that you can get on the Dear Pats Nation Patreon page. When you join the Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club, it's like having another YouTube channel for only five bucks a month. But first, here's from fcustom.com. Fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RAYROUTE and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at Fcustom.com. Hey if you enjoy the lighthearted wholesome content that you get from the dear Pats Nation podcast, YouTube and Facebook page and wish that you could get more you are in luck because dear Pats Nation has launched our Patreon page. We didn't add any ridiculous tiered levels of support and we're not asking you to pledge 20 bucks a month for five bucks that's right five bucks a month you'll have access to daily exclusive dear patch nation videos you'll get traditional vlogs from connor sarah and i talking about the patriots the celtics and the red sox but we'll also have exclusive exclusive interviews behind the scene footage bloopers early views of videos that aren't available on youtube live streams exclusively for patreon members and that's just scratching the surface we're not going to make you pay a monthly fee If we're not committed to adding and making it the best possible experience for you, we're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to rip you off. We just want enough to pay our bills and being able to create on Patreon is just one way we're trying to do it. So please come check out our, check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash DPN sports. We've also left the description in, or we've also left the link of the, in the description of our YouTube and Facebook videos. We don't think you'll be sorry. So please at the very least, at least go check it out. And if you don't want to sign up and you don't want to pay, that's all right too. We ain't mad. You can still expect us to be here streaming live every Sunday through Thursday at 9 PM Eastern time. But if you want to get more, go check us out over on Patreon god i hate that music all right got some comments for us i saw that we had a, a donation from our boy king kato
0: yes sir i'll go to this one here first shout out to joe i've read mac jones may only need a year at most to develop why not take him and proceed with a rebuild um yeah I, I really don't know that's a good question um being the college expert that i am and all the information i have on mac jones I, I don't know how long it would take him to develop but if it would only be a year and he could be the quarterback of the future man i say go and oh, go and 16 this year if we have to if that means they're going to be good the next year after it's just i don't i don't know how long they'd have to to stink for
1: uh as you know i'm a big proponent for tanking the season uh not tanking but not going for it this season taking mac jones And even if you have to trade up for Mac Jones, having your quarterback of the future, signing a veteran who's willing to play for the Patriots just so Mac Jones can learn behind somebody and and get in the system and and build a way. And perhaps him and Jared Stidham can fight it out for who's going to be the backup, which I think is good to have some internal competition his first year. And yeah, even if it's two years away, if it's one year, even better, because you can really go into a, you know, you can start addressing free agency next year rather than two years from now. But even if it's two years away, I'd love them to get their quarterback now, one, two years from now i think one of those telling teams is going to be the cincinnati Bengals. what they look like this year now that they have joe burrow they've had their his first season he got injured but they had his first season where they weren't going to make the playoffs they're going to be sort of near the bottom of the barrel if they come out and now they're close to a playoff spot or in the playoffs this year i think that that's a similar route the patriots can go i get that mac jones is not the same prospect that joe burrow was i'm not trying to compare the two but i'm saying that that could be the impact in two or three years with the patriots
0: All right. We have one here from the dark minute, man. He said, I know it's early, but who do you think will win the Super Bowl in 2021 season? Any favorites?
1: How about instead of a winner, you try to give us a matchup. Who's going to be the NFC representative? Who's going to be the NFC champion? Who's going to be the AFC champion? I'm going to right now. I'm going bold. The AFC champions will be the Buffalo Bills. That is my. I think they're going to draft a running back in this year's draft. They may, use the first, they may use a first-round pick to get a running back. Well, Very much sense. because they are a running back away from being a really good team. Right. What we saw against Kansas City was actually the same thing we saw happen to Kansas City when they played Tampa Bay. And if you look at that AFC championship game, they nobody could get open on, on Buffalo. They knew that the running game wasn't there, and unfortunately, Sean McDermott had to try to pass his way out of cover two and that kind of stuff with Josh Allen, when really what you want to do is run the football. I think they're going to get a running back. They're going to be better. They're going to be a hard team to beat. I got the Buffalo bills being the representatives of the AFC in the Super Bowl. on the other side, I'm not saying this out of a love affair. If Tampa Bay can keep that most of that team together, especially defensively and Tom Brady can play the same way that he played last year, I don't know who challenges them. Kyler Murray to me, didn't take the steps this year that he needed to take in consistency wise. Maybe he makes it next year. Who are the Seattle Seahawks? Who are the Rams? Even with Stafford, right? The Saints aren't. The Saints are going to be a worse team, in my opinion. You know the Packers will be there. Chicago maybe if they get a, if if they get a quarterback and an offensive line. Nobody in the a- NFC East scares me. Why not Tampa Bay?
0: That's a very good point. I looked at these the other day. They came out right after the Super Bowl. Las Vegas put out the lines, and I think the uh, highest favorite next season was the Chiefs, and I think the Bucs were right behind them. Obviously, they just won the Super Bowl, so they would be considered the highest. The Patriots were plus 4,000, which I think was about 10th. So they had about nine teams in front of the Patriots who they thought would win the Super Bowl next year. Um, FanDuel
1: just put out a tweet today that somebody made a thousand dollar bet that the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to pay thirty eight thousand. Nice.
0: Um, was it you? It was not. I put a fifteen dollar bet that the Red Sox would win the World Series and the Patriots would okay. win the Super Bowl. That's that right. Pays you parlayed about, it. <laughs> yeah, it pays about thirty eight thousand if they, that both happens.
1: So this guy bet on the Patriots. He'll can make thirty eight thousand. You're going to get thirty eight thousand on a parlay.
0: Yeah, I just. But you're I only going to
1: lose fifteen though.
0: I also need the Red Sox to win the World Series, which is highly
1: unlikely. Well, we're going to get into that in just a couple of minutes here.
0: But I, 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 I'll give it to the, the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers might win another Super Bowl before he retires. Um, I'll say Bills-Packers as of right now. All right. Next one we have here, Dave Burke Holder says, sign JJ, trade 22, 2022, 2023, 2024 first rounders for Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think the Patriots could trade 2021,
1: 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to give up that first overall pick. Trevor Lawrence is being looked at. Whether it pans out or not, we don't know, but he's being looked at as a generational type of talent, he's being compared to the John Elway's of the world. He's being compared to those, uh, generational quarterbacks, you don't give up anything. There's nothing you could offer them. Right. That's going to make them give up Trevor Lawrence. And I honestly on PFF, just for giggles, I tried trading for Trevor Lawrence. Like for the first overall with the jaguars with the patriots i offered this year's first and second round pick i offered next year's first and second round pick i've offered the following year's first and second round pick they denied it i added in all the Oof. third round choices it got denied and i added in all the fourth round choices i gave up our first four rounds of picks for three straight years and the jaguars said no on every wow. trade There is, honestly, there's not, I don't think there's anything that any team out there could do to make the Jaguars give up on a generational. You can't do it. You can't do, because there's no guarantee in the draft, but I think people are looking at him as the biggest guarantee in a long time.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's insane that, that they wouldn't even do something like that. All right, we have Lauren Pearson here says, what do you want to get Aaron Jones or James Conner in free agency and have them as a number one running back and put Damian Harris as a number two? I personally think that Aaron Jones definitely and probably James Conner will both want money. I don't think it would make sense. I'd rather have Damian Harris as a number one and Sony Michelle as a number two.
1: First of all, Dam- Damian Harris is a better running back than James Conner. I'll put that right on the table right now and I'll argue that he's better than Aaron Jones. If anything, they're coming in to be the number two behind Damian Harris, James Conner is probably one of the biggest disappointments in running backs, right? right? And and you're right. I do think that he's going to be looking for money. And I think the gall on him, the amount of injuries that he did, the amount of times he looked ineffective on the field, the inconsistency that came out of him, this he's probably, in my opinion, this isn't me just being a homer to the Patriots, this, if anything, I've been more critical than usual. James Conner is the most overrated running back in the NFL. And I'm kind of offended. And you know, no offense, Lauren, but I'm kind of offended that you put Damian Harris behind James Conner. Um, what I would like to do is see the Patriots maybe bring in an Aaron Jones and have a three way platoon between Aaron Jones, Damian Harris, and Sony Michelle, and bring in either a Rex Burkhead or resign James White to be that yeah. third down back. My thing with running backs is is the more talent they could bring in. Even a James Conner as a rotational guy, the more talent that they can bring in and keep Damian Harris healthy, so he's not carrying the bulk of the load, where you can run him for a quarter, then run James Conner for a corner, for a quarter, or Aaron Jones for a quarter, run Sony Michelle for a quarter, and then have Damian Harris close it out in the fourth. I think that's to me the biggest thing that the Patriots can do. We're seeing a lot of teams now go down that road of, you know, platooning their running backs. There's not that true number one. Uh, I think Minnesota. Is actually a yeah. great example of that. If you look when Dalvin Cook went down, it's like they didn't miss a beat without him, and they should have. He's the best running back in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. Damian Harris won't be much further behind him, just so everybody knows. Damian Harris in the next year or two, could be next year, is gonna be in Dalvin Cook territory. I don't think Damian Harris is gonna be a patriot for very long because I think Damian Harris is gonna demand Dalvin Cook type of money unless Belichick platoons him the way I say they should to protect him and ultimately not give him the opportunity to put up Dalvin Cook kind of numbers
0: right yeah that makes that makes the most sense uh we got one here from billy gunn he said i'm a bills fan was glad brady spanked them their fans were acting like they were unstoppable dynasty after one lucky super bowl win i love it that's funny to hear from the bills fan that they actually wanted to see tom brady beat the chiefs
1: i think everybody wanted to see tom brady beat the chiefs outside of chiefs fans listen um i i work on sportscaster for another two weeks and i'm with i work with a ravens fan a giants fan i work with a colts fan i work with a dallas cowboy fan we all say it the the chiefs fan base is probably the most annoying fan base in the world the and and the bills fan base actually i always say for being one of our rivals is actually a great fan base yeah they really are passionate loyal i mean you've heard tyson have a soft spot for Buffalo Bills fans and he hates every fan base. The only time I saw anybody get upset at Bills fans was Lawrence. And I think it's because there was YouTubers going out there saying that uh that the the, the Bills were just gonna like just beat the brakes off of the off the right. Plates.
0: Right. I do I do remember that. Okay, one more. All right, we'll go to uh, Chris Summers here. He says, what if we trade everyone old and start new? Not saying we do it, but what if we trade everything like Hightower, Gilly, keep JC? So he's saying, yeah, just completely trade anyone who might be older and have a bigger contract. Um, the, the issue there is they would ha- – I mean, I guess they could think about trading Hightower, but then that means you're completely giving up on next season because – that we saw how bad they needed a lot of these guys. I mean, I guess if they want to really rebuild and go like two and fourteen next season, but I don't I can't see Belichick tanking that bad.
1: I want you all to think about how you felt when Tom Brady left the New England Patriots in March, because it didn't hit me like a lot of you. It didn't, Connor. You and I had off off air conversations and on air conversations. I was like, Tommy, thank you, but he wasn't my favorite player. Right. He's actually never been my favorite player on the Patriots. I'm a defense guy. My favorite player forever was Willie McGinnis. And then I kind of went through this period where Brady was my favorite player. And then they brought in Dante Hightower in Hightower, I think on game one, when he forced the strips, or I think he recovered a fumble, became my favorite player. And then he became Mr. February. So I want you guys to know if Dante Hightower gets traded in this off season, it will, that will hit me the way Tom Brady hit you guys. I'm fully on board with, Chris, with with Chris Sommer's plan here, though. I've been saying that the whole way. And I wouldn't keep JC. I would tag him and trade him as well. I think that the Patriots are in a position where they could just attack the draft this year, have a rough 2021, and be back in contention by 2023 with a little bit of luck 2022. Now, you're not going to get big for Hightower, JC, or Gilly right? Gilly needs a new contract. JC Jackson needs a new contract. Hightower's aging. Also wouldn't surprise me though, if the only reason I don't see Belichick trading Hightower is A, keep some leadership on the team. Him, McCordy, and Chung keep those three guys to keep some leadership among, especially young, young rookies. Also wouldn't be surprised Hightower was considering retirement. If he gets a call that he's being traded, he pulls a Gronk and says, I don't know how you can trade me because I'm retired. Right. Right. So that would be it but i'm on board somers that's been my thing for the last three weeks four weeks right it's connor and sarah mad at me but that's been my thing i'd love to see them going to a rebuild all right connor before we get into the red sox story we have to do one of our newer segments on the show uh called why is this a story So, Connor, you and I, on a daily basis, try to get our 15 minutes of fame. Seven days a week, something comes on this channel. Five days a week, you and I are the constant on the channel. I'm on it seven days a week. We bring in Tyson. We bring in Lawrence. We bring in Sarah. We bring in Gabby. We are looking for our 15 minutes of fame. Well, Lorraine Gross has her 15 minutes of fame now, and she says that Tom Brady insulted her (laughs) family. When he tossed that trophy from one boat to another, like a football, poor Lorraine lost sleep. Ugh. her It was just disrespectful to her father, who was a silversmith for the Tiffany's company. Tiffany's obviously commissions, is the one the company commissioned to create the Super Bowl title. Her father, Greg Gross, was the silversmith who put forward and made the first Lombardi Trophy. Connor, why did somebody give this woman airtime? Why is this a story? Ugh,
0: because it's Tom Brady, and this woman came out and said that she lost sleep, and I think that she thought that she was going to get a ton of uh, people coming out saying that Tom Brady should retire. It went in the complete opposite direction, I think everyone I've seen on social media came out and said that, you know, she's out of her mind, and I think it made her look more like she's just a, a crazy, complaining old lady. Um, what did you call I, her? today? Captain Karen? Captain Karen. Yeah, she's like the leader. I felt like she's she's like the sergeant of all the captains, ca- sergeant of all the Karens out here. She's like their leader, um, crying, saying that she lost sleep. That was the icing of the cake for me. She can't sleep at night. Two
1: days of sleep she lost. Two, day, over that two time. days,
0: dude. Two two days she couldn't sleep at night because Tom tossed the trophy from one boat to the next. And somebody put on Twitter the other the other day to a good point. A couple years ago, Rob Gronkowski used it as a baseball bat and dented the thing in permanently and she never said a word. Now it's like, oh my God, I can't sleep over this.
1: Give me a break. The NFL pays the Tiffany company to make this title. Probably
0: absurd money.
1: Did you know though, Julian Edelman said it, Connor, you can order yourself an exact Lombardi replica, like from Tiffany's with the same silver and everything. Yeah. They make them. You can order one. Um, the NFL pays for it. Tom Brady works for 12 months to win one. Yep. If the team didn't have a problem with it, maybe she shouldn't. She She got her 15 minutes of fame. She made dear Pat's nation. So there it is. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that was why is this a story? (laughs) All right, Connor, I know we're getting late here, but we skipped the Red Sox on the last show. So I want to get into it this show. All right. Rick McNair says that the Boston Red Sox offseason is mirroring the 2012 and 2013 offseason. Here's a little tidbit of what he said. He said, In 2012, the Boston Red Sox had a new manager in Bobby Valentine. They also brought on board a new general manager with the promotion of Ben Charrington. What could possibly go wrong? New manager, new GM, new outlook. They bombed. Think about the signings in this offseason and connect them to the 2012 2013 offseason. They became the template for the 2013 championship team. A certain amount of risk, but contractually it was short years, a certain amount of positive on risk versus return. Now, collectively, we may yawn at Garrett Richards and Marvin Gonzalez and Kiki Hernandez and Martan Perez and potentially Japanese import. Hirakuzu Swamura, did I say that right? Yeah, it sounds good. Trading and ending up with Franchi Cordero, by the way, the greatest name in baseball. Yes, hundred percent. The Red Sox made more moves as the season went forward in 2013. They knew they had something special and the young players started to arrive or were already on the roster. A nucleus for the 2018 championship team was percolating. That being said, the team in 2014 lost whatever magic they had. Players were soon jettisoned and the team finished last in 2014. But 2013, it certainly worked. Maybe it will work for 2021. Connor, what similarities do you see between the 2013 Boston Red Sox and this 2021 Boston Red Sox team?
0: Uh, they didn't sign any huge names either season. If I remember correctly, the, the difference there, I think is, although they technically have a new coach here, although they had Cora Cora left now, he's, he's technically a new coach again, 2012, uh, they had Valentine. He was the worst coach in Red Sox history. And then they went out and got John Farrow, who I think was a pretty good coach. Um, but the, the biggest similarity is that they've kind of signed lower end people and didn't really go out and spend a ton of money on the bigger signings and the people that they got paid off.
1: Funny story. Did you know that John Farrell is one of the most hated people in Toronto?
0: Really? Oh, he used to he used to be the Toronto Blue Jays manager, right?
1: Yes, and he basically quit the job to go to the Red Sox. He approached So John Gibbons was fired. Yeah. They they brought back Cito Gaston who was our manager in 92-93 when they won the championship. And then he retired again and they brought John Farrell in. John Farrell was decent here, wasn't great, but he had like three years left on his deal, and he approached Blue Jay management and said that the Boston Red Sox job was his dream job, and they basically granted his release and let him sign with the Red Sox. Really? Right. So then they re-signed John Gibbons. So basically, just went full circle again. The funniest piece of that was was when the Red Sox came back; they booed the crap out of Farrell. Right. right. And as he's walking off the field to a course of booze, Farrell gave the hat tip to the crowd and that just enraged people around here even more. Let me tell you something. I'm not even joking. I'm not saying anybody wished anything bad on him, but it was the first time any Toronto athlete or former athlete or coach was given a serious medical diagnosis. And I just watched people kind of shrug their shoulders really there was i never a, knew that people hate him that much huh not an ounce of concern and yeah. i went whoa no one said like oh good like right, no one celebrated right, right. it but i remember like bringing it up with my friends and they're like right and i was like yo this is human life and they're like bad things happen to bad people so and wow my- he i didn't even realize he did that to them huh he just ran for the hills Well, basically, yeah, convinced, you know, and and basically Toronto was like Rogers, who's our owners, were like, well, if, you know, if you don't want to be here, we don't want you here, fine, we'll give you a release, go to Boston. I don't even think, I don't even think the Blue Jays got anything out of it. I think it was just, they just gave him a straight up release.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I didn't realize that's how it went down. I remember him being the Blue Jays manager for a while though.
1: Two years. Now I could be wrong. Okay. How it went down. I know how it went down. I could be wrong in the fact of, I could be wrong in the sense that. We didn't, the Toronto Blue Jays didn't get anything for him. Yeah. But yeah, no, fans of Toronto hate John Farrell. Hate, hate, hate him. On a scale of one to 10, Connor, one being no faith, 10 being he's going to bring us a world series. How much confidence do you have in Heim Bloom This season
0: or in general?
1: In general. How much faith do you have in him that he's going to get the Red Sox to where they need to be?
0: I'd say close seven to an eight, seven to... Uh, I actually have a lot of faith in him. I actually like this guy because I think he's very candid and very forthcoming for the most part about what he's trying to do. I just don't know if his plan will work out, especially this season. But if we're looking at the bigger picture, I mean, if if his plan plays out and you know they start to really be good in the next two to three years, I think they could win a World Series.
1: Well, that's great because I want to fast forward a little bit. That brings me to my next question, okay? what are your expectations for next offseason yep and then the 2022 season next offseason i think might be the year and next offseason and the
0: 2022 season might be the year where they really need to go go forward and try and really win because xander bogarts is still relatively young but he's getting older jd martinez is getting older his his contract's going to expire as well chris sale he's on the tail end of you know a big contract his arm's going to really give out at some point uh eo valdi e rod all these guys that are kind of the core of the red sox who are also being surrounded by the young talent i think it's similar to the to the patriots they have a good veteran core but then they're also going to have these young guys coming up i think it's going to be one of their last chances to win with the guys like martinez bogarts chris sale they're going to need to win in the next couple of years before they all retire or end up somewhere
1: else or get traded to the dodgers that too (laughs) all right guys we're getting close we are what i think february 28th is the first spring training game for everybody yes
0: two weeks from today
1: did you know that so april 1st is opening day right yep did you know do you know what the 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 first series so i think it's baltimore red Sox, right but i'm kind of excited here in toronto because we get the blue jay feed right yankees blue jays april 1st wow that's going to be a good game That's a heavy hitting series to start the season. That certainly is. And considering that, I think you and I have both said that we think that's going to be one and two in in the AL East and fighting out for first place and both teams will probably make the playoffs. I kind of like when there's like a heavyweight bout the first series of the, like, I know you can't take the first series serious in the sense of it's going to affect the whole season, but just a little taste and preview of, of what we're going to get to experience throughout the year.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a, that's definitely a good start. I, I bet you one team goes two and one. One of them wins two, the other one wins one. No sweep. No sweep. I'd be shocked. Two good, yeah. two good teams. They they won't get swept either. One of them.
1: And it's two power hitting teams that rely more on power than they rely on base hitting. Yep. With developing pitching, let's call it. It can be suspect at times. Right and they they've really both teams have really hit themselves into good positions. Uh Springer obviously really makes a, a big deal on on Toronto and um I forget now who the pitcher that the Yankees signed but uh uh not Kubel. Kubel? Was it Kubel they signed?
0: Uh yeah, Kluber, course. Kluber. Kluber. That's yeah. right,
1: Kluber. You know, See what he, if what he still has left in the tank, it's intriguing, but I'm kind of happy. I like, so that's what I'm going to be getting here in Toronto. So I think that's a good series to start with Toronto and, 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 uh, the Yankees. The only time I really get to watch the Red Sox is if they're on the West coast, because the the 10 o'clock game, they'll usually play a Red Sox game. Uh, if they're playing the Blue Jays, obviously and then uh like sunday night baseball on espn and because it's always like yankees red Sox on sunday night baseball right
0: that's true yeah anytime they play they usually put it on there
1: all right guys we are minutes away from wrapping this thing up but first it's time for everybody's favorite game show player profile Connor Everybody. Carney. Connor today we are looking at a six foot four 215 pound wide receiver out of Michigan Connor tell the world about Nico
0: collins wow nico collins coming out of michigan he, obviously he's got the size he's got the speed being six foot four it's almost a randy moss esque uh you know stature that this kid has um obviously good vertical routes he's able to run good hands he's able to catch the football well he he's gonna have a good career in the nfl in my opinion someone that the patriots could consider so
1: what would he have to do to be successful
0: He's going to have to essentially do the exact opposite that we've seen the Keo Harry do in his first two seasons. He's going to need to be able to get separation. He's going to be able to need to be able to catch the football, um, get opened, be able to block when they ask him to block in the run game. Um, we're going to need to see speed, explosiveness. Uh, he's going to be able to need to run both in cut routes and deep routes. It's going to he's going to need to show us a lot to be successful.
1: So he is uh, ranked twenty second. Of at wide receiver, out of all the wide receivers, he's 136th overall. Wow, that low huh? prospect. Yeah, that low. <laughs> um, do you think catching the ball will be important for him, or do you think that's something Abs- that you get away with?
0: absolutely um i mean i know some wide receivers are able to get get away with not being able to catch the football all that well but i think that's going to be one of the biggest things that they need out of him especially if it's in the playoffs i if he's going back and missing the football like wes walker in 2011 you know that could be a huge problem for him in his career i would really prefer that he catches the football the majority of the time
1: now assuming the patriots take him with the 15th overall pick yep um and he probably Plays comparable. He'll probably play comparable to Nikhil Harry, but yeah. I've heard that he interviews very well, so he's probably going to really impress Bill Belichick. That's what I've heard as well. Could they convert him to tight end at 6'4", 215 pounds? And him and Nikhil Harry could be the number one and number two tight end on the Patriots.
0: At this point, I would not be surprised if that happened. I think as soon as he's drafted, he would already be one of the best tight ends on the team. Um, regardless of the fact that I haven't seen him, don't know anything about him, and have only heard his name on paper, I still consider him one of the best tight end options for the Patriots as of right now.
1: Even though he plays receiver and he's way too small for tight end?
0: Yes. Yep. I still think he's one of the best tight ends.
1: Okay. And uh, So you've never heard of, of, of until I said the name Nico Collins, you never heard of him before? I have not, no. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Player Profile. You know, every night of the week, there is somebody who has never watched this show before (laughs) or listened to this show before on the podcast who listened to that and go, what the? is this guy talking
0: about <laughs> i saw somebody a couple of days ago was in the comments who said something like that they're like i don't even think he knows what he's who this person even is i'm like you don't i'm like you don't say
1: <laughs> it's that hasn't been the shtick the entire time <laughs> all right connor it's time to uh to end this thing yes with sir some, with some comments man
0: all right we got the first one here i'm gonna go to uh our boy russell wilson he says i'm coming to
1: the patriots Oh, thank God! Thank you, Which Russell. I'm really impressed that Russell Wilson actually watches us. That's uh, yeah. that's phenomenal. Don't don't worry. Dak Prescott and Josh
0: Allen are also watching, so I appreciate them all coming in tonight.
1: Fantastic! Is Skip we, Bayless here as well? We've had Skip Bayless watching us for a while.
0: Skip Bayless is also here. Skip Bayless said, "Dak Deshaun has more playoff victories than you." <laughs>
1: it's we true. have uh,
0: we have the whole crew. Dak Deshaun, the the whole the whole crew is in here.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. For those of you on the podcast, these are people on YouTube with names and pictures
0: yes uh, they <laughs> they have in, they have uh, impersonated every NFL quarterback i 'm seeing them
1: all over the uh, chat right now. Connor, a question Yes. How many times Dave, have you forgotten that this is also a podcast? The
0: entire time we 've done this show, the entire one hour and thirteen minutes unfortunately, yeah i 'm always looking at the everything that's right in front of us <laughs> <laughs> Billy, oh, Guns, Billy Gunn Billy Guns says here, Josh Allen is a bomber now, improved crazily in the last half of season. Check out his highlights. I agree. Josh Allen is going to be a stud in the future. He took a huge step forward last season, which is exactly what he needed to do for the Bills to go to the next level, which is why they went to the AFC Championship. Josh Forget Allen's that. a
1: stud. Watch Josh Allen week one this year compared to week 18 last year or the playoffs last year, and you see the steps that Josh Allen made. Josh Allen... Listen, before this season started, I was over on Sportscaster doing Sportscaster News one day, and I said, listen, the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC East. They could be one of the best teams in the AFC, but it's all going to fall into the shoulders of Josh Allen, somebody who two years ago, Connor, two years ago, and there's video evidence to prove it, I said, is the best quarterback in the AFC East after Tom Brady, better than Sam Darnold, you know, like anybody – that they tried to throw. I said, Josh Allen was the best quarterback in the AFC East. I said this year, third year in the league, it's going to be the year. He has to take the leap. He did. He's a bomber. He's phenomenal.
0: Let's see, we got one here from Skip Bayless that I blamed Jerry for not bringing in Tom Brady and benching Dak for a year or two. Was Dallas even in the mix for Tom Brady? I didn't. I don't remember that at all. I think that might be
1: fake. No, he's just, he's skips a Dallas fan. He rips on Dallas all the time, even though he's a Cowboys fan. He's a Brady. This guy's doing a really good job imitating Skip Bayless.
0: Every single time he comes into the chat, he does a really good job, I feel like, of doing that. Uh, yeah right says Diggs also helped Allen a lot made him trust his wide receivers yeah I mean Diggs was fantastic this season but Cole Beasley and John Brown also took big steps forward too I thought
1: yeah they may not have John Brown next year just because of cap situation so it'll be interesting to see what happens in Buffalo and listen a good receiver you know my dad always says to me a running back and a quarterback are only as good as their offensive line yep and then after the offensive line, they're only as good as the people catching the football. Point. We keep saying that if Tom Brady played on the Patriots this year, the Patriots maybe win ten or eleven games, not because of Tom Brady, but because of the wide receiving core he was throwing the football to. He goes to Tampa Bay, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's you know, it, it, it's you're only as good as the receivers you're throwing the football to as well.
0: So you go in here from Jackson Mark. He says, How do you all feel about Minshew to the Patriots? I know we've talked about this one a couple times. Um, I mean, his his stats are always good whenever we look at them. Maybe Minshew might be a decent flyer and see to be able to come in and compete, but I don't want to just go forward with him being the sole starting quarterback without him just being some a guy that's names in the mix.
1: I think that Gardner Minshew was benched this year. So Jacksonville could get Trevor Lawrence because when he came back from injury, they just never gave him the chance to get this job back. And it's not like he was outplayed by anybody, right? He was purely benched so that they could get Trevor Lawrence. Listen, the names that we are discussing, and I forgot all about Gardner Minshew. I did a countdown yesterday, like a top eight quarterbacks available. And the names on that are like, who should start for the Patriots in 2021. Connor, the names on that list outside of jimmy garoppolo were ryan fitzpatrick at number two marcus Mariota at number three jacoby Brissett at number eight cam newton at seven jared stidham at five Jameis winston i think gardner minchu is better than all of them
0: yeah yeah
1: for the most part yeah <laughs> like i'm saying the list of quarterbacks available for the patriots to really go for it this year are not good it's not a good list right that, that's that's a really good point. I mean, when you look at who's available, Gardner Minshew actually doesn't sound crazy at all. I would trade for Gardner Minshew, trade for Mariota, and sign Cam Newton and let the three of them battle it out. With Jared, yeah. with Jared Stidham and Mac Jones in there. Have five quarterbacks in camp this year.
0: Yeah, throw, throw them all in there. See who's able to do the best. And then if any of them go downhill during the season, put somebody else in there.
1: Now, Gardner Minshew might actually cost a mid-round pick. I'm going to be honest with you. See, I think right. you can get Minshew for a sixth or a seventh. Or um uh Mariota, I meant to say sorry. I think you can get Mariota for a sixth or seventh, only because the Raiders need to shed salary cap, and I think he has like a ten million dollar cap hit this year. Oh shit. So I think you will be able to get Mariota for a late round draft pick.
0: Yeah, that and that might make sense. All right, we got Brett Gustaf Gustafson here saying, Love you guys. Thank you for what you do, Ray twenty twenty four. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that
1: support, man. Brent, my man, thank you, sir. Yeah, Ray2024, vote for me. It's Ray and Connor2024. Connor is running as my vice president. We got one here. This one's
0: about the Texans. But Sam Z says, how many draft picks have the Texans invested in offensive line? Uh, Not enough. They, They need to invest the majority of their draft picks in them.
1: Texans draft results. Let's look up how many they have. I like to do this from time to time go through and uh
0: because they do they have not done a good job of protecting deshaun watson obviously
1: okay in 2020 they drafted charlie heck with the 126th overall pick he's a tackle okay in 2019 with the 23rd overall pick they drafted tackle titus howard with the 55th overall pick they drafted max uh sharping
0: all right, so in nineteen they
1: tried twenty eighteen with the eightieth overall pick, which is an early third rounder, or it's a third round pick. They drafted tackle uh, Martinez Rankin. And listen, they gave a, they used one hundred twenty six pick in the fourth round on Charlie Heck. I mean, that's where Belichick gets his offensive lineman I fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, right? I mean, looking like on we knew. Uh in tw- so twenty eighteen they got. Um, Martinez Rankin with the 80th overall pick in the third round. They drafted and when did Deshaun come in the league? 2017. In 2017, they drafted Julian Davenport in the fourth round with 130th overall. So they drafted Oh, and they drafted center Kyle Fuller with the two hundred and forty third in the seventh round. So they've drafted one, two. So a good amount. Four, five, six offensive linemen since Deshaun was drafted in 2017, five of them being in the top four rounds, four of them being in the top three rounds.
0: Yeah, so they've actually invested a lot more than I thought into the offensive line.
1: Yeah, except they obviously, they draft offensive linemen the way Bill Belichick drafts wide receivers.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They're they're not able to hit any hit on anybody for the for what it looks like. That's that's yeah. All right, we got one here from T. Easy. It says keep Cam. I don't think QB is the biggest problem on this. D line and linebackers are terrible. Thoughts? Yeah, um,
1: uh, yeah. I think high tower uh, yeah. high tower returning is going to be big, especially in the run game. One hundred percent. Uh, Juwan Bentley is a different linebacker when Hightower's there. Also, with having Hightower and, and Bentley in the middle, you can keep Josh Uche now as that outside guy because he did have some rotational stuff as an inside linebacker. No no reason he should be there. You can keep Sh- uh, Shlee Calhoun, who ended up in the middle linebacking position. He can stay in the outside. I still think they're missing an Alandon Roberts on the team that just pure run stopping linebacker because Hightower is a single guy. He kind of plays hybrid. He'll play off the, off the edge as well. Where. You know, Atlanta Roberts is that traditional stay home. I know that's Juwan Bentley's role right now, but I think having two of them doesn't hurt. And yet, yeah, defensive tackle. I, I've Connor and I have both said if the Patriots are going for it this year, I want them to rebuild. So let me put that out. I want them to take Mac Jones because of the rebuilding. If they're not rebuilding, I want them to take a linebacker, a middle linebacker, or a defensive tackle with the 15th overall pick. So I don't don't disagree with you, t Easy. The linebackers and the defensive tackles are an issue. I do think Cam is a bit of an issue, though. I will say that.
0: Going off of what you just said, Chris Summers is saying there's got to be a time we do a full rebuild, so why not this season? Which is exactly (sighs) what you were just saying, if they're going to do a full rebuild.
1: But, like, okay, so here's the thing. and I know people don't put these two teams in the same category, but they kind of are. Like three teams, really. I'm trying to think of if there's any other, like the Steelers, when's the last time they went on a free, a full rebuild? Yeah. It's been a long time. Like, you know, going back to the early 2000s, they were top of the AFC. The Patriots played them in a couple of AFC championship games. I mean, they didn't win as many championships as the Patriots. They had seasons like the Patriots had last year. I mean, let's not forget last season, the Steelers went eight and eight. And then this year they started off 11 and zero or whatever they were. I think they were a bit fraudulent, but they started off. I, I think you can keep sustainable without going into a free rebuild, but one thing the Steelers have done better than the Patriots is hitting on their, like their wide receivers, right? because at the end of the day, you can get Danny Shelton's to come in and play for a million dollars and help you win a super bowl. You can get Jamie Collins to come in for, you know, 2 million a million a million and a half dollars and help you win a Super Bowl. You can find the Kyle Van Noyce. The problem is is really good wide receivers are going to cost money. Right. Right? If you think about it, Wes Welker was a guy You know, everybody talks about Wes Welker as just a guy. Belichick gave up a second round draft pick for Wes Welker. That worked out pretty well. It did, but what I'm saying is, is wide receivers who are established are going to be at a premium. Right. Pittsburgh is in a position where they can let Juju Smith just walk away and they're fine at wide receiver because they hit it all the time. Now, I'm going to say one thing, though, to Patriot fans that I don't think we recognize as Patriot fans that other fan bases do, but I learned this working for Sportscaster this year. To us, offensive linemen are a dime a dozen. Right. Right. All right, Nate Solder leaves. We're just going to go get Trent Brown. All right, Trent Brown leaves. All right, we're gonna put Isaiah Win in there. Oh, now we got Mike on we knew. Oh, you know Joe Tooney's leaving. We're gonna draft this guy in the sixth round. He's gonna be our new guard. Oh, our center's gonna be an undrafted free agent. Oh, not one scout went and watched them. Don't worry, we did. We're gonna call David. We're gonna sign him. We're, and, and it's been like that forever. We're just so used to turnover. Now Nate Solder was a first round pick. They, I think Matt Light was a high. Was was Matt, a, Matt Light a first round pick? He was might have been way back when him or Mankins. One of those two were. For, you know what I mean? We keep turning over offensive linemen. Then you talk to a team like, like a Baltimore fan or a Colts fan, and they're like, "Man," because I'm like, I'm always like, I don't understand how someone pays twenty million dollars for an offensive lineman, right? And they've all said to me, because the Patriots always have a great offensive line, and Belichick knows how to draft offensive linemen or go out and find, you know, a guy who's being underutilized and bring him in. He says, "Not everybody has a, an offensive line like New England has the last twenty years." Yeah,
0: that's a very good point. We take it for granted.
1: We do. So we get so mad because we can't pump out wide receivers the way that teams like Pittsburgh pump out wide receivers. You know, but they pump out offensive linemen like other teams. And we're not paying $20 million for Trent Brown or Nate Solder. We're letting them walk away. They're signed. They're breaking. Every time an offensive lineman leaves New England, they sign, they break records for contracts for offensive linemen. Right. And I think Joe Tooney is going to break a record this year.
0: Yeah, he probably will wherever he goes. He's probably going to get a, hu- a huge contract. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all.
1: Off the top of my head, I can only think of maybe two seasons, maybe three, where the offensive line was a big problem in New England since Belichick has taken over.
0: Yep. Yeah, 2015. Outside of that, I can't really remember any.
1: Well, in 20, 2019, it was a disaster with with David Andrews with the blood clots and yeah, Isaiah Wynn going down and Marshall Newhouse being the starting tackle. Right, Tremaine Illuminor had to play guard for a while. That was an absolute mitigated disaster. Right, but yeah,
0: that, they were riddled with injuries then.
1: I think there was one other season too, and I can't remember what year. But like, there's only been a, like three. It's not even a handful. Of years that the offensive line has been bad, and I think it is something we take for granted as Patriot fans because we're just like, Well, it's just an offensive line, we, yeah. But well, ask Patrick Mahomes what's just an offensive line,
0: right? You know, yeah, because, after what just happened, yeah.
1: Like we just saw what happened in the Super Bowl when you don't have an offensive line. Let's do two right. more,
0: Connor. All this one right here from uh Brett Gustafson. Gustafson, hopefully, I'm saying that right. He said, If Hightower doesn't come back, that's 9.9 mil saved against the cap which is a huge amount of money, but I think he's worth the $9.9 million because who are they going to get that's going to be able to stop the run and just be a good leader and play middle linebacker like he can? I, I, I say spend the money. I want to see him come back for one more
1: year. Well, there are offensive players that... There are defensive players, so there's linebackers out there who are available who can do what Hightower does and more. The problem is the cap hit this year for is 12 mil. Yeah. The cap hit for some of these guys are going to be more around 14, $15 million. So you might as well go with Hightower. Um, I just made a list the other day of, of possible linebackers to, to um, that, that could come in and, and help the Patriots. And I was looking at it here. Who do I got? Sorry, guys. I thought I made a list. Maybe I didn't make a list and oh, here it is like Levante David is going to be a free agent. Yep. They're projecting him to make 14.5 million a year.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: You know, KJ Wright, he'll probably cost a little bit less than Hightower, but I don't think he can do everything that Hightower can do. So yeah, either you can go get a Levante David, who's probably the best linebacker in the free agent class this year, who's probably better than high, but he's going to cost way more money. Yep. And I think, listen, I go back to the 2018 and how ter- terrible that Super Bowl went. And I go back to this season. Every time Hightower is not on the field, the defense struggles, especially in the run game and the yep. pass rush.
0: No, I, I agree. I think it's worth it. For only $9.9 million, I almost feel like he's kind of a bargain.
1: If you're going to go for it this year.
0: Yes, that's if true. You're, Again, if you're on yeah. a
1: rebuild, then you make the trade. Right. And it, look, that's going to... That's going to give me a tight chest i own more hightower jerseys than any player for the patriots i love dante hightower connor has seen my almost sick dante hightower collection of what i have of him that's true i love dante hightower he's my tom brady just so you guys know but it's it's always going to be team over player as much as it's going to hurt to see hightower go
0: right all right, we, we got an interesting one here, which I talked to you about before the show even started. Eric's Eric Super Patriots, does anyone know anything about Chad Kelly? I'm going to let you take this one because um, I almost who, feel like
1: this is a player profile
0: one. Yeah, who who apparently was the quarterback who got you know, into a situation at Vaughn Miller's Halloween party and then was cut by the Broncos. He was like a second or third string backup quarterback on a team who struggled at the quarterback position for the past few seasons, especially before they got Drew Locke. I don't know much about Chad Kelly, but I don't have a lot of high hopes for the guy. I don't think he's somebody who's going to be the Patriots starting quarterback. He might never even play another down in the NFL
1: finishing off the show with a chad kelly question what a, <laughs> yeah buddy just absolutely fantastic <laughs> guys we went an hour and a half we hope you've enjoyed the live we hope that you have enjoyed the podcast appreciate everybody who's come out here guys our subscribership has been going up and up and up our patreon account is going up and up and up with all the new members joining we appreciate you all we're trying to work our ass off trying to do everything we can to make it good and with that being said i got one question for you connor tell me about those red Sox.
0: they're gonna be legit kid <laughs>